0: You're listening to SBS News. President Joe Biden is set to travel to Poland to meet with allies to reassure them of the U.S. commitment to the region as Russia's deadly invasion of Ukraine reaches the one-year mark. White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says the United States is committed to standing by Ukraine. We know the next weeks and months are going to be difficult and critical, especially for their armed forces, and the United States is going to continue to stand by them. Highlighting his support for Ukraine, President Biden invited, for the second year in a row, Ukraine's ambassador to the United States as one of his special guests to his recent State of the Union address. Describing Russia's invasion as a test for the world, in that speech, Mr. Biden pledged the United States would stand with Ukraine. Putin's invasion has been a test for the ages. A test for America. A test for the world. Thank you. Because we're going to stand with you as long as it takes. Mr. Biden underscored his commitment to Ukraine for both international and domestic audiences, but it's a commitment that's testing the patience of a narrowly divided Congress over both the high costs of aiding Ukraine and the reverberations of the conflict on the global economy. Fiona Hill, a former official with the National Security Council and now a senior fellow with the Washington think tank, the Brookings Institute, says there is still a lot of popular American support for Ukraine. But she wonders whether the Republicans will continue to support Ukraine. Will all of uh, the Republicans in Congress, you know, for example, with the shift in the House, continue to support the questions about blank checks to Ukraine and whether American taxpayer money should be uh, trying to support the Ukrainians in their ability to fight off uh, the Russians? But there's still, you know, quite a lot of popular support. A year ago, Russia massed troops in preparation to invade Ukraine. Many in the West, and even in Ukraine's capital, Kyiv, doubted President Vladimir Putin would follow through on those intentions. So many assumptions that we've had about this conflict, about ourselves, about Russia, about the the Russians have had, have been challenged. Twelve months later, Kyiv still stands and Ukraine has surprised even its own expectations, buoyed by a US-led alliance that's equipped its forces with tanks and advanced air defense systems. Delivery of that equipment will have a big impact on the shape of the conflict, believes retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Alex Vindeman. Mr. Vindeman, a former National Security Council director, believes that if the aid arrives on time, the Ukrainians will be able to hold off a Russian offensive. Is now based on how these timelines for delivery of tanks and other equipment is likely to play out with the Russians conducting an offensive over the course of the next several months, uh, throwing you know pretty much everything that they have, the Ukrainians weathering that. This comes as NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says there are no risk-free options with the level of involvement in the Russia-Ukraine war. Some worry that um, our support to Ukraine risks triggering escalation. Let me be clear. There are no risk-free options. But the biggest risk of all is if Putin wins. If Putin wins in Ukraine, the message to him and other authoritarian leaders will be that they can use force to get what they want. This will make the world more dangerous and us more vulnerable. Mr. Stoltenberg was speaking at a panel discussion at the Munich Security Conference in Germany. During the panel, Finnish President Sauli Ninistu stressed once again that his country wants to join NATO at the same time as Sweden, but that this decision was now in the hands of Turkey. Little by little, they have increased in expressing that they might ratify Finland and just Finland. And even we have heard some voices that if Finland is willing to this kind of separation. And our answer is very clear. We have expressed our will together with Sweden and we don't react at all. We will not uh, accept or demand any kind of separation. Meanwhile, Estonia's Prime Minister insisted that once the war in Ukraine ends, Russia must be brought to justice for war crimes, as well as a decision to invade its neighbour in order to have any chance of developing a normal relationship with the West. Kaja Kalas, whose small Baltic country is the biggest per capita contributor of military aid to Ukraine, says the conflict cannot end with a peace deal that carves up the country and doesn't hold Moscow to account. What we have to do is to completely discredit aggression that aggression can't have you know benefits for you it has to be with higher price so that uh, you know all the aggressors or would be aggressors in the world would make the calculation, and it doesn't pay off. As long as it pays off like this, oh, let's have a peace agreement now. When you have moved and taken more territories than the side of Austria and and all the countries, you know, smaller countries combined together, then you know, why not to do it again? Her comments came a day after U.S. President Kamala Harris said the United States has determined that Russia has committed crimes against humanity in Ukraine and needs to be held accountable. The United States has formally determined that Russia has committed crimes against humanity. And I say to all those who have perpetrated these crimes and to their superiors who are complicit in these crimes, you will be held to account. In the face of these indisputable facts, to all of us here in Munich, let us renew our commitment to accountability. Let us renew our commitment to the rule of law. Assam SBS News.